Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 122, episode 4 of The Daily Zeitgeist, yeah. a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers welcome. and fuck Fox News. Fuck. It's Friday, February 28th, 2020. My name's Jack O'Brien, <laughs> a.k.a. Just go to Joe30330Brian. Uh, that is courtesy of Frank Gang, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! It's Miles Gray, a.k.a. the Blazing Brian Erlocker, a.k.a. Chicago No-Hair Airport. Uh, those yeah. billboards, I saw a few walking through town. Yeah, man. That's like the main... His hairline's a little off, though. Right. Looks like a little bit like a beret. Yeah. Hey. I don't know. So is it a... It's transplant surgery? Is that what they're advertising? Hey, man, whatever it is, man. I'm loving it. It's... Uh, I was saying to Miles on the way back from Chicago O'Hare uh, yesterday to the hotel that we, I feel like half of the advertisements I've seen in Chicago the past like, three times I've been here have all been for Brian Erlocker has hair now. Yeah. Uh, that seems to be the message. You love to see it. You love to see you it. You know, I love to see it. Uh, Miles, mm-hmm. we are on the road right now yep. with our time machine super producer, Ana Hosnier. And uh, we were in Chicago last night with the hilarious and talented Mr. Daniel Van Kirk. And we are in Toronto tonight mm-hmm. for the grand finale, February 28th at the Great Hall with Mark Little. Uh, so for tickets, go to dailyzeitgeist.com. Go to the live appearances tab. Get in while you fit in. Get in while you fit in. Uh, this is the last one. This has been a really fun run of shows. Be your last chance to see this version of our show. Uh, I think it's the best one we've done yet. So uh, try fly to Toronto if you have to. Uh, this is it, guys. Uh, well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat uh, by the hilarious and talented guy who co-hosted our live show with us last night. The wonderful Mr. Daniel Daniel Kirk. Hey, hey, hey! How are you? Hey, man? hey, hey! What's man? up, dude? Hi, friends. Thanks hey. for having me. Thank hey, you for coming. For Double dip with you anytime. That company is called Restore. 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 Yeah. They did Ryan Sandberg and Ryan Sandberg. Yeah, and Jim Ryan McMahon. I don't think they did Jimmy <sighs> Mack. Gary Gaetti. Yes, dude. Of course, Gary. <laughs> you know what the ultimate, the holy grail would be? Michael Jordan. He just comes oh, full, comes my, through with a full head. Like in North Carolina and yeah. Michael Jordan. I am Michael Jordan. Oh, and <laughs> I, I want to grow hair for the first time in my life. My I want to grow hair better than anyone else. His <laughs> when he uh, made fun of himself at the Kobe tribute was genius. It, that was amazing. Genius. Crushed it because every like the last. 20 things he's done in public have suggested he has no sense of humor right. about himself. Yeah. So then Crush for him, him to be like, oh, shit. Oh, I wonder if it was really like the story when he said his wife was like, hey, they're going to make a meme out of you. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and she shows him the apps yeah, and shit. He's like, true. what the fuck? He, he has gotten married in the past couple of years. So maybe uh, to a younger woman. So maybe she's just. She gets that meme culture, yeah. baby. She's, I have a, she's put him in his place. I wonder what it was like to explain to him the first time he saw the meme. If he's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Why I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm going to look into that. Um, <laughs> right. Damn. He probably was like, am I the most popular meme? Yeah, it's like, yeah, there's an app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty much part of the vocabulary of the yeah. internet now. Are you saying I excelled in another arena of life? In a way, yes. Correct. Yes. <laughs> He's like, did I beat the weird SpongeBob? <laughs> that this is it's fine. It's like, wait, but you know that one? That this is fine, dog. <laughs> yeah, that's weird yeah, that you yeah. know that one, but. He's like, all right, I'm going to head out. 
Well, Daniel, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about on today's episode. Uh, we've got a Florida woman that we want to check in with. A dark tale. Dark tale. Yeah. Uh, a lot of darkness in, in the news cycle these days. Uh, not all darkness, but we're, we are going to breathe a sigh of relief because the coronavirus epidemic now has renowned virologist Mike Pence on the case. Yep. So everybody's so, feeling good. Take right? your masks off, guys. He's going to shock the corona out of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also just, it seems like the Trump administration has chosen this to uh, be the thing that they're going to micromanage and make sure their fingerprints are all over, uh, which not not great. Uh, not, not great news for anyone. We're going to talk about the article in the New York Times that has some troubling things for anybody who was hoping that they weren't going to kind of make the DNC this summer a, a complete clusterfuck. They're apparently, even if Sanders has an overwhelming lead in delegates, they're going to give it to somebody else, basically. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't seem like uh, Sanders has any chance unless he wins the majority based on this uh, it, I think it was like hundreds of interviews that they conducted with 98. There's 98, of, 98 people who are, or 93. 98 super delegates, 93, right? rather. They're 93. all going to go Biden. Uh, who don't know, they're just being like, yeah. they're going to go Biden. Right. Uh, that does seem like where <laughs> He's part of the is. system. Yeah, I know. So I tell everybody, I go, four years ago, he wanted to be president too. They just told him, no, sit down, it's Hillary. Yeah. You think in the last four years, he was like, I'm four years older. I'm not. I'm ready, young. coach. Now I want to do yeah. it. Yeah. No. They told him, sit down. We're not going to let Bernie do it. It's going to be Hillary. So he went on Letterman and smiled his way through an interview. Right. And then now four years later, he's like, okay, now I can. I? And they're like, boy. sure, go ahead. God. Yeah. Uh, like, can you gonna... at least say you're running for president when you <laughs> go out there, not Senate? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to say RIP to Beards. Uh, we're going to talk about Amazon uh, opening a human list uh, grocery store. And uh, Reddit has a thread that's pretty entertaining best website you visited nobody knows about and I, I discovered a couple cool things on there so we'll look at some of that but first daniel we like to ask our guest as you know mm-hmm. uh what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are sir the most nerve-wracking part of this show <laughs> uh not for us well i went back a lot of them were just tied into a, a prepping for a live show of my own podcast that we just recently did so they weren't fun so i went back to the most recent one uh and it search history was Antiques Roadshow Man with Rolex. Oh, shit. Have you guys seen that no, one? No. What happened? Uh, this guy in Vietnam bought a Rolex, uh-huh. saved up for it, and then he decided, I think he ordered it, catalog ordered it maybe, and then he decided it was too nice to, I'm going to give this all away. Is that yeah, okay? go, yeah, come he on. He decided it was too nice to well, actually, ever hold on. wear. Let's just do a spoiler alert. For Antiques Roadshow? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the episode and season number? No, but if you hit in Rolex guy. Okay, so if you right. if you see so, that clip, just so you know, yeah, skip ahead. If you want to watch it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So he uh he put it in a safety deposit box with everything. The receipt, the order form, the the warranty, which is not filled out, the box, the watch. It ended up being like the same one that Paul Newman wears in some famous movie. Not the same exact watch, but the same the model. model. Right. But the model he got has oyster on the face, which is a thing he, that Paul Newman's didn't even have. And it has uh, uh, like the lock-in dials for if you want to go scuba diving. Mm-hmm. And 
just alone a blank warranty card from Rolex from like the seventies or whatever is worth like two grand. Uh, just oh, wait, s- a blank warranty card. Yeah, is worth because two you grand? could still fill it out for any watch. You could have a new watch now as long as you have that card and fill yours out. So like those are very sought after. So the guy tells him he was like, uh, this watch uh normally at auction would go from anywhere from uh 300 to 400 thousand dollars he bought it for 375 bucks right so (laughs) so then the guy like faints he falls down oh right and he is everything you would picture like like cool vietnam guy looking guy yeah big white hair big white beard he's got like the bandana like anything oh not a vietnamese guy a guy who was like a nom vet almost okay got it sorry if i didn't convey that well enough so the guy gets up and he goes, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I just can't believe it. He's like, well, hold on, because your watch is better than that. <laughs> and then he faints again. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he really was like, I need you to, you're okay? And he yeah. goes, yeah. And he goes, because of the oyster, this. because of the lockdown, because that it's literally almost never been worn, because you have every level of documentation, uh, this watch at auction could go up to $750,000. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How was he so was he just stoked or just like in oh, tears? Oh, yeah, he couldn't believe it. Yeah. The guy was like, just understand if you put this on because part of it is that it's never been worn. It's one of the greatest timepieces in the world. Oh, and it's like box fresh, like yes. nearly it's basically a dead stock. Cuz he just was like Rolex. I'll just put it put it in a security deposit box. I don't want, I shouldn't have bought this. Do they get do backstories on that show like well, like They don't ever go deep enough. Yeah, yeah. I'm always curious to know like with their situation right. and like if this right. is going to help them or if they're already doing well, but I, if you're fainting I mean, right. shit, I don't know. Unless right. you're like, you know, a, a billionaire. If yeah. someone says, yeah, this thing that you got for 300 bucks is worth, well, what is that, 100 times that? Yeah. Yes. Right. Are you going to donate it all to the Bloomberg campaign? He already uh, did. times that, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> um, what is something you think is overrated? Uh, I'm sorry to say it, but I believe that Knives Out is overrated. I haven't seen it. I just, I don't, you, I don't care about anybody. Did you see it, Jack? No, I haven't seen it. You don't care about anybody. You don't in the movie. They just there's nobody you care about, like oh, none like, of the characters. Oh, like you just don't care about any of them. Oh, it's like you're just looking into so you're a like, diorama. Yes. Is it amazingly written? Is it amazingly performed? Is the is is the the costume design and the set decorate? Everything is fun. It's a great movie. I love that it's an original. It's an original film that did extremely well. Great to have those in theaters, especially studio films. Right. But um, overrated. Yeah, because I just didn't care. I didn't care about what happened to any of these people. Oh, uh, mm. like you. Is it by design? Like yes. that's sort of the vibe of the film. It's yes. sort of like I don't know, so man. You're kind of Pick in it one. for the trick, like right, seeing right. how it works out, and that is great. But I, I, I what is the time. premise of it? Uh, it's a murder mystery. Yeah, it's a murder oh, like mystery. Clue kind of. Yeah, thing? yes, it's clueish. Oh. Yes. All right. Um, yeah. Do are there other like classic movies? Not that Knives Out is necessarily like part of the canning yet, but are there other movies that everybody loves that you have a similar complaint with, where you're like, yeah, I just don't care about the characters. I think of it. Although a movie that did pretty well that everybody seemed to like that I was like, this movie is horrible. Was uh, uh, Game Night. Game Night. Yeah, with the uh, oh yeah uh, Chandler. Uh, Jesse Plemons is in it. He's amazing in it. Yeah. but I just don't care about anybody. Steve. Carell? Is no. He? Nope. No. Jason State Bateman. Night. That's date night. Yes, Jason Bateman. Yeah. Yeah. Different night. Different night. Uh, and yeah, yeah. I felt that same way about Ready or Not, too. I was like, I don't care about any of these people. Yeah. Okay. Well, Which one's Ready or Not? That's the woman who has to survive the night playing hide and go seek with a whole bunch of killers. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. These are all the kinds of movies I'm just like, oh, that, yeah, like, yeah, someone yeah. came out. But also, I'm just terrible at watching movies. 
Yeah, it takes a lot for you me just, to... Like, I got to get that pass, man. I keep talking shit about getting one of those. Fall out of your chair. Yeah, do it. I keep talking shit about getting one of those passes so I can just like walk into an AMC at will and then just, you know, roll my eyes back in the theater. I love mm. it. Uh, what is something you think is underrated? The Outsider on HBO. I don't okay. think enough people are talking about this TV show. I'm hearing quite a bit about Possibly it. Possibly the best, in my opinion, the best adaptation of a Stephen King uh, story since Stand By Me, which is That's my favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. But it is hearing. very, very good. It's a smart crime procedural wrapped in a Stephen King dream. That right. first episode, I was just like, oh you watching boy. I know. I just saw the. I only had time Ooh, to watch okay. the first one. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna need to like. I, I think I'm gonna want to just fly through it. So yeah. I'm, I'm gonna. I'll probably do the thing I did with Watchmen, where like basically the week before the finale, just caught everything. Hey, so that's then not I bad. Just hop you, in got, finale you got night. two more weeks. All right. That's how I actually am with the uh, Antiques Roadshow clip. I've watched like the first 30, 45 seconds, but I'm going to You I'm never find out? It. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to finish You never find out what that doll's yeah. worth? Yeah. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep hearing that. It's supernatural stuff, right? Maybe. It, maybe, but we don't know. Okay. That's what I'm it. saying. That crime procedural level of it is right. so good. Yeah, yeah. That you're, that it's just very good. Right. And smart. And you know, I hate TV shows when you're like, she, she would ask more. She's, right, the detective. Right, like right. when somebody walks in, like, "What are you doing here? Nothing." Like, "All okay. right, take care." Like they'd be like, "No, I asked you a question. Water." Like, they're right. smart. Yeah. Everybody's smart in the show, yeah, which right, I, right. I enjoy. Yeah. What are you mopping up there, blood? Right. No. Nope. All okay. right. See you later. <laughs> Checks out. You need help? Right. Did no. you guys watch American Horror Story? No. no. The first season. That's the whole problem. Spoiler alert. Uh-huh. Spoiler alert. They're dumb. Connie Britton mm-hmm. and I think it's Mulroney. Dilbert Maroney. Okay. Uh, maybe it's Dylan McDermott. It's Dylan McDermott. Dylan McDermott and Connie Britton. They are married. They move into this haunted house that they don't know is haunted, right? Mm. And he, when the, they have a maid who comes with the house. Mm-hmm. When he looks at her, she's dressed like a sex worker uh, who's working. Uh-huh. But And because uh, not all sex workers dress like that all the time. Mm-hmm. But she looks like she's on, right? right. She's, she's ready to do a show. Okay? Uh-huh. When the wife looks at her, she's an old witch-looking woman. And huh. these two never talk about what the maid looks like at any point. Like, one, like if one of them is never like, so our our maid looks like kind a of a witch, strong right? vibe, right? Huh? And then the other yeah. one would be like, hey, is it bother you that our maids walk around in basically like a slutty maid outfit, like nothing? Like, right. Yeah. No, they don't even talk. I'm like, oh, so this show works as long as people don't communicate in normal ways. Like and that's right. when I'm a couple. Out, when it's that, when I'm like, yeah. you're smarter. Than-. You would say that, <laughs> yeah. Unless like internally he's like I don't want to I don't want to blue I don't want to ruin this for me dude like, <laughs> I don't know but I'll call it out. <laughs> yeah and if she's, if she didn't have a problem with it well, like, I'm not gonna right. say nothing <laughs> we have incredible. an open relationship we just don't talk about yeah it. do exactly. you see them have conversations about it where like they just say things that are vague enough that they're yes. like huh yeah wow yeah. that's yeah. terrible yeah. <laughs> um what is a myth what's something people think is true you know to be false uh based on the time we all spent in Chicago mm-hmm. I want everyone to know. That it is a myth that you have to pay money to go up to the John Hancock building, uh, even though it's called something else. I'll never call it whatever it is now. Uh-huh. But the John Hancock building, you have to pay money to go up to the observation and, and look out over the beautiful views of the city. That is a myth. All you have to do is say you're going to the signature room, which is the restaurant two floors below the observation deck. Mm-hmm. Say you want a water or maybe you do want a whiskey mm-hmm. or a wine. Whatever that is, you pay less money than you would have paid for the observation deck. You can sit there and ha- enjoy a cocktail and look out over oh, the Oh, and you're only city. just two floors below. Yeah. 
Oh, I thought you were going to even be more deep. It's like, you don't have to pay. What you do? You rent a wheelchair. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's a myth, Now, you guys. have to fake a seizure. No, so it's a myth that you have to pay money to see those great views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. Sears Tower? Is that No, Sears no, no. is now called something that starts with a W. Uh, oh, wow. I know what it is. I just don't want to say it. But, oh, wow. Uh, I like that. Uh, Sears Tower, Sears Tower, and then John Hancock is over on Michigan Avenue. Like okay. 900. Michigan. What do you got against Willis? Huh? The Willis Tower. I don't know. What's Willis talking about? Yeah. Never. <laughs> never. Know. He's never answered that question. He never to my does. Satisfaction. He never says, yeah. here's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Come okay. on, Willis. You want to know what I'm talking about? <laughs> right. <laughs> this is what Willis is talking about. Right. I can't see a show about communication. Uh, there's got to be a, a uh, like magazine article from sometime in the last like 40 years. It's like what Willis is talking about. Yeah. Like the Bruce Willis story. <laughs> like something. Bruce Willis comes clean. Uh, um, all right, let's what talk are you talking about Phyllis. Phyllis <laughs> Diller, an intimate portrait. Ooh, <laughs> um, so we have a very strange crime story from Florida. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we it, we have all the all the little details oh, uh, because oh. it's Florida. The headline is out <laughs> what is there. It? So I'm just gonna describe what happened. The apparently this woman she was arrested mm-hmm. because her boyfriend was found in a suitcase dead. And when the cops say, they're like, well, yo, what's going on here? She said, oh, you know, we're playing a little drunken game of getting the fucking suitcase. <laughs> Apparently, we're like, they were both drunk and like, I guess, taking turns getting in the suitcase. Mm-hmm. But when he got in, she admitted the, that she zipped the man in the suitcase and then went upstairs and then like woke up like she passed out. And then when she got there, he was dead inside the suitcase. Mm. Um but that was just the beginning because the investigators obviously like they you know took her in Airtight. they take her phone yeah. they find two different videos that may indicate that this may have just been a murder so yeah not like it's like you know a drunken game right. of getting the suitcase went awry right. so they said one video shows uh, the man in the suitcase just yelling saying he can't breathe while she's like laughing no yeah um, and she's like laughing at his like screams, and then he's like, "I can't fucking breathe seriously." Wait, he FaceTimed her from inside. the No, suitcase? no, she was videotaping oh, him. It's on her phone. Yeah, gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. Um, and then, but this is this is where it gets. I don't. know, This is a little bit darker. So she's saying, "Yeah, that's what you like. That's what you do when you choke me." She mm. said, "That's on you." Oh, that's what I feel like when you cheat on me. Damn. And they were like, so then the cops. There's a moment. This in the write up. There, the like the investigators. We're like grilling her about it. And then like the line, it says, she does admit that, quote, it did, quote, look bad. Um, <laughs> look, and now guys, she's being charged. I know this looks murder. bad. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know what that means. she is. That happens in yeah. movies and the people end up proving their innocence. But yeah. I don't think I don't think that's a good thing to say to the police when you're no. being interrogated. No. Look, I get it. This looks this really looks bad. bad. But you don't play suitcase zippy uppy. Right. This is what I think. Because he cheated on her. Uh-huh. Right? She wanted to get him back, or sometimes in there, hopefully, mostly or consensual sex. He chokes her more than she wants, at least it seems like from what she said. So she devised, oh, I'll get in the suitcase, and then he'll get in the suitcase, and then I won't let him out. Mm -hmm. And then he died, maybe by accident, but then she just wanted to not take ownership over any of it. Now it's all falling apart. Or he was like, it was a straight up abusive relationship, and she decided to just off him like that. Come on, that's a lean into that. But you'd think that that. would be Be explained. It's like, yeah, this guy's a monster, and 
I, had to I didn't mean myself. to kill him, but I was trying to like get fuck, him back. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, had fuck him. with him. Yeah. I'm just trying to or think of how like that plan goes in her mind ahead of time. Like, how do you get somebody to? Right, well, voluntarily really climb go into first. a suitcase because you gotta go. That's how. But it's why is it even a thing? Let's see <laughs> like, if we both you, fit in the suitcase. What is the? I guess it's like I would stupidly walk into drunk. that trap. Yes, you would I'm be drunk, like if someone brought out a big ass suitcase. Bet you can't fit. Yeah, into yeah, this yeah. Suitcase. I'm like, so claustrophobic. I wouldn't get in. But the, the I'm I, stupid enough. The to principle, do it. the idea, I could get suckered into something like. Let's see if we can walk across this. Like, yeah, yeah. Like it, it appeals to like stupid human experiments, basically. And I think too, if like. If the woman was like smaller, but he, she was so small in the suitcase, he's like, I bet I could. She's like, I bet you could fit in this thing. He's like, Yeah, probably. So you're yeah. drunk. You pass out. I don't know. It's uh, so w- that 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 story is developing. Wow. That is nightmarish. So the thing that killed him was uh, just being like, suffocated. No, he died of a broken heart. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, all right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back, and like we said, uh, the potential outbreak of the coronavirus in the United States is now in the capable hands of Mike Pence mm-hmm. to pray the mother, coronavirus away. Mother, what should we do That's about That's what this? many people, well, a lot of people also worried is like a lot of the scientists at the CDC that he might have to work with, many are women. So they're like, so is mother going to have to like accompany him? I know. But I guess he just can't be alone. So as long as there's other aides. They'll be fine. Um, but so, you know, in a health crisis like this, there's like the CDC, the, you know, Health and Human Services Department. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Azar, uh, who runs that, was caught off guard when suddenly Mike Pence was put in charge of it because he was like, oh, this, oh, oh okay. Uh, so he'll do it. That's <laughs> like fine. Like at the press that, conference, he's like, wait, what? Yeah, like almost like, damn, really? <laughs> right. um, so if you look at his record, a lot of people, the first thing they're saying is like, he is not good when it comes to anything resembling an epidemic or anything resembling having to like believe science. Um, so, you know, first, I just want to set the table. Uh, like in 2000, he wrote, this is from an op-ed he wrote in 2000 about cigarettes. Despite the hysteria from the political class in the media, smoking doesn't kill. In fact, two out of every three smokers does not die from a smoking-related illness, and nine out of ten smokers do not contract lung cancer. This is not to say that smoking is good for you. Newsflash, smoking is not good for you. If you are reading this article through the blue haze of cigarette smoke, you should quit. Mm. Boom, solved. Yeah. So that's, that's where he comes from on that one. Or maybe someone from uh, Philip Morris like you know, hooked him up with a little bit of a, a donation. A donation. Yeah. Um, so now, uh, just we should take a look at some of his previous uh, experiences with handling health crises. Um, so as like a congressman and governor, he's always been trying to defund Planned Parenthood because of he, he's you know obviously pro or anti-choice is actually what you should say because right. um, he just wants to completely do away with abortions. Um, and as he was successfully able to do that as governor, he's I think a lot he didn't realize that Planned Parenthood does more than just. Uh, perform abortions yeah so at the time why educate yourself on something you hate don't right. need to because i don't like right. it right if i read about it i might like it right. or i don't even know about it because it grows oh, why would i try and understand something right exactly um even though i'm in a leadership role but yeah, hey exactly. who am i to judge yep. um so in scott's in scott county one of the planned parenthoods that closed um like sort of it led to a 
HIV outbreak because a lot of the HIV testing was happening at this facility. Um, and there was no longer a place for like the 24,000 people who lived there to go get any kind of testing. Um, and 20% of the residents are living below the poverty line. Intravenous drug use is like mm -hmm. pretty prevalent. Um, so that only increases the risk of an HIV outbreak. Uh, two years later, he's like in full blown epidemic mode. Um, because again, the opioid crisis was even ramping up more. People yep. were doing intravenous drugs, sharing needles, and you guessed it, more HIV infections. Um, so a lot of people at the time were like, please just set up a needle exchange, like for yeah. people who are using, so they can at least get sterile needles. If they're using drugs, like don't make it worse. In the beginning, he was very, very, um, he was resistant to it because he thought he, or he didn't want to promote drug use mm. as he saw it. He's mm. like, well, if you do that, then they're gonna, then it's okay to he do He promotes drugs. two things, thoughts and prayers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, he was right. and he was kind of like, yeah, I'm like, you know, if they just know it's bad, maybe they'll just stop doing it. Like his mentality That's around even addiction yeah, yes. was really like archaic. Um, and then once like they, a few, he finally relented and the needle exchange was opened, it, the infection rates immediately began to decrease. And he's like, all right, I guess you can like open a couple more around the state then. Uh, and they did so. And then, like, even after all that, like, a group of uh, specialists in this were like, this was the most preventable epidemic, like, ever. Right. Just purely because of, like, this narrow focus on uh, abortions, like, all this other, the knock-on effect that he completely ignored or just didn't think was that big of a concern uh, was exacerbated. So, And now he's in charge of the beach beer, beach beer virus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. As he sees it. I mean, I can only imagine what he, if he wants to do it. I don't know, like, was he asking to do this? Or right. is Trump just sort of, like, realizing now, I can't have, like, people who, like, are going to tell me scary stuff about science. Yeah. So I want somebody who can just, like, smile the, the darkness away. Right. You still think there's a 100% chance that, that, that uh, he's the VP in, by the end of this year? Yeah, I we'll think see how so. he does on this coronavirus thing. I want, yeah. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> I mean, that would it, it, be it could perfect, be Trump like, just being like, yes, here, hold this guy. bag. Yeah, guy. yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, because doesn't coronavirus feel like when you're when you watch a disaster movie, and they they bring you up to speed on how the world went to shit by showing you like headlines? Right, right, like, right. Doesn't coronavirus feel like one of the headlines? Like they didn't know at first what had happened and how bad it was gonna get. Right. Uh, I'm not. I don't. I, I do. I'm not casual about coronavirus. No, 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 not at all. I think it's it's definitely disconcerting when you look at like how the government has made it a lot harder to deal with it, especially with all like the defunding of like basic human like like health services mm -hmm. and getting rid of like people in that like National Security Council who like are the people the who guy give in you California heads up. thought he had coronavirus and had to wait like what four days? Right, they yeah. wouldn't let him test because he didn't fit the criteria, which was like being in contact with someone who has coronavirus. The criteria be I think I have am, coronavirus. Yes. Because right. the person who just got diagnosed in Brazil was from traveling from Italy. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a really good way to not be ahead of the curve when it comes to fighting yeah. the disease. It's like, with yeah, your you're just epidemic. like using whatever uh, the past, like the reported versions are to adjust your criteria for. But I guess sh uh, testing is in short supply. So that's why they have to, you know, be. Uh, strict about who they're willing to let take the test in the first place, um, which again goes back to what we've talked about about the CDC being uh, 
being underfunded and mm-hmm. all, all those issues. Um, and just I, cutting down on pandemic research. Like Trump was yeah. like, yeah, we don't need that. Don't yeah, need of course. Like, I don't care. It's hard for him to care about anything that's directly in front of him. Right. Uh, and usually that's a, bur- a Big Mac. Right. And then for Pence, I also worry about the... I, I just don't think Pence is one of our brighter politicians. And I also think that he... You know, that millennialist uh, version of Christianity that is looking for the end times and, you know, is excited about the end times really worries me. Anytime you have somebody like that in mm-hmm. in charge of fighting something that is this, you know, potentially apocalyptic. Uh, yeah, just, it's, it's just funny. The, like, shit the, out of me. the tool you need to successfully combat this is science right. and money. And they don't want to do use either. No, neither one. So that's when I'm like, mm, eh. but it is interesting uh, theory there. Just to be the fall guy, he's like, you see how I set him up? Yeah. No, yeah, I he's think like I knew it wasn't contained. Yeah, and I think anytime people talk about because he doesn't need Pence, Indiana, right. right? And also anytime people talk about Pence positively, it pisses Trump off because <laughs> his self self esteem is a zero sum game. And his pen's just like so stressed out. I was like, I didn't even say anything, man. Why are they praising <laughs> me? I don't I, I it gets me in trouble. Yeah. Right. There's no way that he want he volunteered for this. Trump yeah. definitely was well, like what's funny is like Trump it doesn't Mike, matter you who, got this. who the VP is, like his supporters are gonna support him either way. So it could literally be like and you know my running mate is uh was that guy from the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> Jeremy Ronan? No, the, no, the, yeah. Wow, I completely fucked that joke up. No, but you didn't. Flyers, now we all get to play the game, and fans are yelling at their. They're phone. like, oh, oh, scrummy. It's from the Philadelphia it's Flyers. Scrummy. Oh, oh, uh, oh, Scrumby. Scrumby. Uh, no, that's your dog's Come name. Come on, we got Scring, the, Scringly. Uh, scruffy. Scrummy. No. Yeah, no, I know. Oh man, I feel so bad for the Zeitgeist. He looks like gritty, gritty. Of course, nailed it. Oh, so many people listening to the show are breathing right now. Yeah, Yeah. gritty baby, (laughs) gritty who didn't push that kid, and even if he did, that kid deserved it. Yeah, totally. Or or there's a desert. Did he say like punched him in the back almost the way? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. God bless you. And also, this reminds me of Katrina. Like, obviously, it's still very early stages of the complete fuck up by the Trump administration. But again, it's like we know that this is an incompetent administration. Oh yeah. The the only way they have remained viable a, as a presidential administration is through culture war shit, and yep. like it's going to take a huge, uh, very dangerous situation for the real stakes to be exposed. I think to the rest of America. So uh, hopefully this is not that because. I don't want to die personally. I I agree. I'm I'm very not casual about. I mean, they're saying you know a, a lot of the cases that they're seeing are not intense or extreme. Sure. But they're saying that's going to actually like make it easier to spread because people aren't going to be so right. sick that they're right. like, yo, I gotta I gotta take it easy. Right. Well, and it's twenty times as deadly as the flu. Right. So it's not depending it's, on yeah what your immune not, system is like right, too. Right. Like. Just in terms of on a person-to-person basis, you're 20 times more likely to die from coronavirus than the flu, which is, you know, not good because as we've talked about, the flu kills a lot of people. It's just, you know, had millennia to spread, so that's why it kills so many more people than the coronavirus now, but coronavirus is something that... And, like, also, like, don't be an isolationist. Like, if you think... 
that oh well if we keep it out of here we're fine what it can right. do to our economy if it like shuts down other countries mm-hmm. is can be almost in some ways as catastrophic oh yeah i mean they say 60 percent of manufacturing is already feeling it in this or 60 percent right. of businesses that are like that have any kind of business remotely related to that region of the world are feeling it mm-hmm. already uh but hey, you know that's uh, now that we have like Pence on the the, the squad and basically yeah, gagging like scientists to be like, don't talk about anything unless you run it by Mike Pence. <laughs> that's like <laughs> it's fucking dangerous. And then you couple that too with like, hey Mike, Mike, yeah. just wanted to talk to you real quick. Uh-huh. So we figured some things out. Okay, uh, none of them have to do with prayer. Are you still interested? Nope. None of them have to do with prayer? Mm-mm. Then I want to talk about none of those things. Okay. All right. See you later. later. So I'm going to tell everybody everything's under control. Right. Yeah. The fact that they've gag- like put a gag order out on government health experts speaking about coronavirus is terrifying. Yeah. They don't want... Unless, how... unless you clear it by Pence. It's, yeah. like, it's like the cops from Die Hard. It's like just <laughs> like very... <laughs> the other Co- fucking dimension of this, too, is when you think about... It's going to make us look bad. <laughs> Like a health crisis like this is how many people actually don't have access at all to good health care right. or are able to be like, hey, I have to take work off for two weeks how many to people, quarantine myself. How many people have health care and or go to the doctor the moment they feel a little sick? Right. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. yeah. Everybody thinks, oh, is it bad enough that like I'm going to have to go? One of the reasons I pay the- for a, and luckily I can but I pay for a higher grade plan is so that it almost costs me nothing to go to the doctor. Oh, so there's every no time, barrier to entry. So every time I go, every time I, a little part of me needs to go, I go. Right. Cause right. I'm like, well, it's going to cost me five bucks or 15 right. bucks. Like, sure. fuck it. I might as well go. That's what I pay for. Yeah. But if you don't, and that's a lot of people. Oh, and then how many people, even if you do many. have healthcare, is your job going to keep you on when you're like, I think I can't come in. Like, right. Are they going to make concessions? Are they going to have meetings in the boardrooms of like these bigger companies being like, can we like afford to like pay these people? Or I'm sure they can, but do we want to keep paying these people or just completely boot them off of like China's still on lockdown, right? Their city's still on lockdown. There still are some cities. Yeah. 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 So like, how are those people paying rent? And then how are they going to pay the rent they owe when they get to go back to work and they don't have money? Like, yeah, well, I think the, this is where it all starts to fall. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and I guess when you look at the even what the uh, health czar Alex Azar was saying to Congress, because you know he was he runs HHS, and people were like, "Hey, we need to talk. Like, what's the fucking deal here? What's the plan? Because we're not we're not right. convinced you guys know what's going Alex on." Alex wasn't the guy who said we don't have enough masks, or at first didn't want to answer that question. Uh, Alex is the one who couldn't guarantee that if there was a coronavirus vaccine, that it would be affordable for people. Yeah, so. Uh, Jan Schakowsky from the state of the great state of Illinois uh, was asking him this question and his answer is so fucking cynical. Okay. Keep in mind, this guy was uh, a former pharma CEO mm-hmm. who at a, cer- at a certain point doubled the price of insulin. Why not? Um, Why and not, when he baby? was being confirmed, they were like, Hey, how do we know you're just not going to like fucking just be a buddy to the people in the farm industry? Because the and swamp like, was drained miles. Aren't you paying yeah, attention? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so listen to him now when Shikowski's asking like, Hey, We've got like, if there's a vaccine, what's the plan here? And is it going to be ready for everyone? Because that's the only way we're going to knock this out. This is his masterful answer. Reaffirm, then you're saying it will for sure be affordable for anyone who needs it. I'm saying we would we would want to ensure that we work to make it affordable, but we can't control that price because we need the private sector to invest. The priority is to get vaccines and therapeutics. Price controls don't get us there. Mr. Secretary, thank you. 
Oh man, price I love when someone tells you what there. they'd like to say. Yeah, hmm. mom, dad, can I borrow the car? I would like to say that mm-hmm. you will be able to borrow the car, but we're not at the point yet where you need it. Mm-hmm. So until you need it, and I can ensure that everybody is fine with you having it, yeah. I can't answer that question. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. Mm. I'd and like to say you could borrow I'd it. love to say this would be affordable for everyone. Right. I would love that. Also, what's affordable? Yeah. Affordable is relative. I mean, like, what are we talking about? Some people think a Jaguar is affordable. Break that word down. Animal and car. A Ford? Right. Ford? <laughs> Have you driven a Ford lately? Right. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I can't answer that. Right. No, that's a good point. But yeah, like when you look at just how how dire things could possibly get, and then these are the the answers that we're getting. Right. It's it's ugh, you can't help but be like really cynical about the whole thing. Um. Well, let's talk about how we're going to solve this problem in the long run. Mm. How we are going to uh, get Donald Trump and Mike Pence out of office. Uh, luckily, again, we're in the capable hands of the Democratic National Committee. Uh, and they are willing to give the nomination to whoever they want. Uh, that's how that's how democracy works, right? Yeah, yeah. So the Times spoke with like ninety three super delegates, basically, yeah. and we're like ninety three party officials. Yeah, who are are the super delegates for the give the whatever states they're representing, and they're all just sort of like, yeah, man, I, you know, if if we have to go to a second vote, I can't say we're gonna we're gonna grant all of our our delegates to right. the person on top. So we'll see. And all kinds of names are floating around. They found they found overwhelming opposition to handing uh, Bernie Sanders the nomination if he arrived with the most delegates but fell short of a majority. Yeah. Overwhelming opposition. So it's like, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Like, he's not going to get... Like, because these are the people who would determine, right? Like If this, it gets there. So he, unless he blows it out in all of these primaries and yeah. pulls up to the convention with the majority, then it's, uh, I would say that yeah. there could be some kind of fuckery going on. Let me ask you guys a question. And I apologize for how many times you've probably volunteered it, been asked it, or already answered it. Mm-hmm. Could Biden win? Oh, God, no. You don't think he could? You don't think he could, you don't think he yeah. could win? You I don't, don't think, think Biden idiots could win? in 60,000 idiots in Wisconsin, God bless you, Wisconsin, I love you, but that was about the margin. You, you don't 27, think, I think. 27. 27. Okay, even worse. 27,000 idiots wouldn't be like, I don't know, he was uh, all right, and I didn't, the, I didn't hate Barack. The problem is there's a lot of people who are so invested in sweeping change in this election and like the stakes, depending on what... You I'm know, not saying I want Biden either. No, no, I know I, that. Yeah. But I'm saying I don't... I, I have a feeling, like, and this is what I mean. Like, So right now, I think when you look at all the polling and the, a lot of the momentum is behind Bernie Sanders, if that were to suddenly change... That would deflate a lot of the excitement that's already there to beat Trump. But are you talking about the middle when you talk about that? What do you mean? Because aren't the people like us going to vote no matter what? Yeah, like, all, I'm talking about the middle. I'm talking about the two thousand, the five hundred and thirty-seven dumb people in Florida hanging chats. I'm talking about like, like the people who aren't racist, aren't uh, angry, but are probably not that smart. Mm-hmm. who voted for Trump because they just wanted to see what he could do. And now they definitely are like, okay, he's an idiot. I don't like him anymore. Mm-hmm. Who's the person that they're going to go, but I'll vote for her or him? Right. Who is that? Because it might be Pete. I don't I know. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to even tell think me about who that it's because be. I'm so, at this point, I'm like, I fucking would hate to have to vote for any of those people. Right. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. That's. I mean, it, it is a good question, but I think when you look at just 
the what the excitement has been and the like how diverse like the coalitions have been around certain candidates. I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't know. There's it's it's tough to think that Buttigieg could like put together like those yeah. votes and really motivate like uh, like African American voters to turn out for him. Yeah, that's right. why I think Biden and Sanders are the only ones who really have like the diversity to of both like you know racial diversity but also like socioeconomic I agree diversity. There's, but the, the risk is you, right Jack. the the democratic party as we know it is done either way yes right. because if bernie sanders does take the nomination it's going to change like as the dnc establishment people see it that they've lost the party this is what i just told somebody oh sorry and then if but then if they if they manipulate things and bernie ends up being the person who has more uh delegates going into the convention and they give it to somebody else it's going to fracture a lot of the more progressive mm-hmm. people that are just voting Democrat because it's 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 just the left ish most like party right. that's available, right? And I think that could really lead to like a a third party coming out of it, or there's a lot of energy where people are not going to forgive because the, a lot of people look at the stakes are sort of like we have people who cannot afford to live, we have people who cannot afford to go to school and educate themselves and have no upward social mobility. Right. That every person who is not talking about radical change is fine sort of maintaining this situation we're mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Or maybe slight improvements here and there, but not the kinds where like people are like like literally dying for something like way better than right. this. And I think as people become more aware of like how these things are working and how the 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 class structure is within this country they're seeing like nah man this like this other thing is bullshit right so i don't know because we already have socialism we already have economic socialism for billionaires yeah the government says we'll take care of all this stuff so you don't have to pay anything oh it's literally too weak to fail right right so we'll help you out the thing really quickly that i'll just say is i told i recently told a family member of mine who has voted republican almost their entire life but and voted for trump out of that ignorance of like well maybe it won't be that bad but it's now like i don't want to vote for him i said if if we don't elect a Democrat, this is going to be good for the Republican Party that you love. If we don't get a Democratic president, if we, if, let's say this, if we do get one in four years, in 2024, the Republicans are going to go, all right, we need to come back to the middle here a little bit because we got told in 2020 that they were enough of Trump. But right. if we get Trump again, then that's just going to tell the Republican Party, stay on this hate train because yeah. they like it. They right. want it. If you if you are somebody who's a middle-ish Republican who just doesn't like Trump but kind of always votes for vote Democratic because you're going to get closer back to your party in another four years. Otherwise, they're going to go in 2024 and be like, all right, who's the next hate? Mm-hmm. Who's the next yeah. man or woman of hate? Yeah, yeah. The hate brand is working. Yes, but yeah. you need to send that signal in 2020 and be like, you got to come back because yeah. I, I don't want to be all the way over here just lighting up tiki torches. Right. Just listening to people who've been paying attention to this election and – to you know where the energy is, uh, I I I hadn't I had assumed that the Democratic uh, mainstream, like the party officials, wouldn't have like they would recognize how damaging and counterproductive it would be to have Sanders get the most votes and still and get the you know most delegates, but like take the nomination away from him, but. This this article just really drives it home that it's they're not living in the same reality that the people who are voting in mm-hmm. a lot of cases are, um, and and it seems like the New York Times is fully on board. Like this is you know I was not uh, in 
like strongly in the Clinton or Sanders, uh, like behind either of those candidates, really. I wasn't like prior to 2016, I wasn't that plugged into politics. You're to be a Republican. Honest. But yeah, I was yeah. a Republican, uh, 100%. And then, it's an abolitionist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, so, but now I kind of can see like what, like what it's like to have, like what, what people complain about when they talk about a mainstream media bias because it's just, it's wild. Like the, yeah. they end the second paragraph of this article saying, and officials in the national and state parties are increasingly anxious about splintered primaries on Super Tuesday and beyond, where the liberal Mr. Sanders edges out moderate candidates who collectively win more votes. So they're already saying that like all the other candidates should be allowed to pool all their votes against Bernie Sanders, <laughs> and that's how the that's how the Democratic mainstream should think about oh it. Well, because it's weird too. Like I don't know where you put Warren supporters too, because they're pretty like clear on who they wouldn't vote for either because right. like on the sort of spectrum of like radical change like she's just like she's also kind of a bit on of an island herself mm -hmm. because she's not as like she's not saying like yeah well, like let's let you know let's let the healthcare system rock the way it is we'll figure it out let's let's not go too wild on the taxes for the like she's not she's not part of that sort of ideology so i'm curious to know like how they factor in if they can just lump all those people together that suddenly they're going to be motivated i mean obviously i think most people who understand the stakes will have to hold their nose and vote for whoever it is based on like what the nominee yeah, ends up being. But the problem is, I just think that they're really toying with a deflated um, electorate if something like that happens. Like, and it's yeah. it's just so contested. It's just going to start more infighting. I think you could end up in a deal where if Biden gets the nomination and wins, he will have a very contested reelection in twenty twenty four. Oh, with, I mean, from within his own he'll party, get primaried. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. It'll get hit, hit from the left. Yes, exactly. Uh, and you know, I think the other thing about this article, it's almost like they're trying to suppress or make voters like a little less enthusiastic yeah. by putting articles out like this. Yeah, which I think is, in a way, if I'm being really cynical, that's like uh, the most cynical read is like they're doing this to keep people from voting. Uh, during the primaries mm -hmm. and making sure there's enough steam for like moderate voters or whatever to get to to uh, actually make it to the polls and other people might just be like man fuck this. like if you read this yeah. you go fuck this they're gonna fucking steal it anyway what the fuck well their worldview is so home. cynical that like it can't help but do that i mean i think that is where the energy is coming from is that for the first time there's something like candidates uh, or a candidate on the left, depending on your uh, feelings about Warren, who aren't just saying what they think uh, will get them like the most votes within the Democratic sort of contingent of the of American electoral politics. It's not like a calculation. It's actually based on you know some beliefs and you know it just seems like it's more of a simple, straightforward thing. And I think people are tired of that and um yeah i don't know it, it seems like it's no longer viable uh to to do the sort of politics that the democratic party still wants to do agreed but well yeah well, yeah i don't know we'll see what happens. Where are you hey. no i just think i think people just need to you know make sure you you, you go to vote whenever mm -hmm. your primary is yep because really when you look at it, it the more and more you look at it the stakes are for 
the sort of mainstream media elite class or people who like are fortunate enough to be college educated, have, you know, six figure incomes and probably don't interact with many people who are like vulnerable, like in terms of whether that's because of their sexual orientation, identity, gender, whatever their class, those people I think are those they're, they're pretty much in denial. I think about how bad life can be for others Very much. Right. and they look at it, go, Oh, I think the world is bad because I think a couple like black and brown kids get shot per year by right. police. There's like really, really violent anti-trans laws out there. Like, you know, whether it's to like punish doctors who uh, facilitate any kind of medical procedure for them or, you know, and like and, and I think it's bad for a couple kids who live like that are at the border in cages. Yeah, but you know what? Trump's going to end that before that election. What do you mean? He's going to reunite families before the election. Oh, you think it's like the? Well, yeah, he's I mean, waiting. Well, he is waiting. They, like said that he's they... waiting until July. Oh, but all he has to do is say it, and it's not going to change. But all he has to do is around like July, maybe September, he'll be like, "I'm putting families back together." Like, and people and then you'll have all these just dumb Republicans who are like, "Well, he did it. That's good. I'm really glad yeah. he finally did that." Well, yeah. So it's hard to see. Like, but I, I guess the the thing is, when I read pieces like this, they don't realize like how many people are motivated because they feel like the future, their own futures, are on the line. That where four more years of Trump is like is unbearable, mm-hmm. right. and they can o- and it's, it's only a bleak future comes after that, um, and that's why they're going out. For candidates who are like true change candidates, because they need to be like, see, every other person isn't diagnosing the systemic problems that right. are affecting my life so negatively. And if you can't articulate that as a candidate, right. you can't fix it. Right. Right. So the only people that can are the ones that articulate it. And the people that do articulate it, they're like, oh, fuck. You know, like, what? what they're talking about wealth taxes right. or like other things. And like, you read like some of the, like the tweets out of the Bloomberg like channel thing, they're like so. Like the lack of awareness is amazing. Where it's like billionaires stand to lose a lot of money yeah. under a president like Warren or Sanders administration. Huh. Right. Like, yeah. How much do you need? Yeah. Right. But again, that's right. But those are questions like we're not like we're just not really ready to confront uh, or no. really ask ourselves because America's just been about accumulation, like right. by, like everything. Like how many yep. TVs can you get? How yep. many like whatever? Like how many? How much land can we grab? Yeah, yeah. There's so. this story that we're gonna talk about. I think on uh, Monday's episode that's about how Bloomberg fucked up the uh, 2010 blizzard. I was in New York oh, for yeah. that, and like they just never cleared a lot of the streets. But his metric for success was that the Broadway shows were on. He, he was like, yeah, well, we got Broadway on, so and we had it on in record time. And it's like, I feel like that's such a good metaphor for just like how the mainstream media and how the Democratic Party thinks about it is they just like look at the things that are like being seen by tourists and being seen covered by the media. Mm-hmm. And like, that's all that matters. And they're not worried that like streets in Queens and, you know, Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. like people are dying there because the ambulances can't get to them. Like it's, it's wild. And that ended up being like a historic. Well, I think that's how you know, is like you can tell how tapped in someone is when based on what their barometer for suffering is right for Mike Bloomberg, bad, a bad time is if you can't get to a Broadway show. Yeah. Right. Like that's the, that's like, Oh, oh, what? Right. Cause the other things are abstract. What do you mean your medications cost too much? Right. Right. That's like I can because he thinks it's, it's affordable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yet, but oh god, like Broadway. Yeah, <laughs> I like to do that. If I can't do that, then, then things got to be something's got to be up. Right. 
All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. And uh, it might be the end times for beards. That was like a CNN headline for, hey, guys. And with the coronavirus, it might be the end times for beards. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, the <laughs> CDC had to put out a uh, basically an infographic yeah. of like facial hairstyles because they're like, look, as coronavirus spreads, people will probably have to wear like sort of face piece respirators uh, to cover their like mouths and noses to prevent any germs from coming in, any bacteria. And they're basically saying like, if you got a beard or any facial hair around where the mask sits, it's not going to actually seal properly. Right. So it's becoming a, a germ highway essentially, but. What's funny is how many different, like, That's what made the cut, baby. Yeah. That's what made the cut, baby. Wow. Soul patch, baby. So if you're clean shaven, you're safe. And it got a safe. green check. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's only a few. Somebody check. once told you the world is going to roll you, then you are fine. <laughs> uh, soul patch works. You can have sideburns. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Little pencil stash. That's good. If you want the little toothbrush or, you know, Hitler. I don't know how many people are still rocking that. Yeah. But they still had to include that. Have you guys, right. you guys have broken down masks for everybody here, right? If you are healthy, the mask is doing nothing for you. If you are sick, that's what the mask is for. It keeps your germs in. The masks do not keep the bacteria completely out from you by wearing them. It's right. the greatest way to contain it if you're sick. It is does almost nothing for you if you're healthy. Right. Well, they again, but you can't have a beard and keep others safe. That's the one true. thing I no, think it, that's true. Yeah. The one way I do think it helps is you like one of the ways that you can get sick is by like rubbing your nose or rubbing like getting. St- like germs mm-hmm. on your hands and then like getting them in your mouth. And I think it's like, you, you're just less likely to do absent, like biting of the nails or like shit oh, yeah. like that, that would normally spread germs uh, or picking your nose. Or absolutely just, like, I just realized I'm doing right now. Yeah, sure. Uh, Why don't we just start setting up like, <laughs> like portable hand washing, washing stations in like Every every See, entrance and exit to every we airport. Done that, every, but we kind of slashed that budget. Right. Exactly. But like that's something we could do. Yeah. Like when you get off the subway train in whatever major city you're in, just hand washing system boom, right boom, there. Boom. Yeah, Purell. yeah. Purell the it's fuck like out you of can't the walk in and out of any room in a hospital without there being a place to mm-hmm. sanitize your hands. Yeah. Like w- let's get out in front of that and just start putting them at airports and major like transportation centers. Yeah. They uh That'd be a good start. Yeah, and it's just right there in front of you that you have to walk around. You either do it or you're gonna have to walk around it. But either way, you're being reminded: clean your fucking hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, like you know, masks are typically worn more in uh, Asian cultures than in the United States, and that's something that I think is probably not appreciated by a lot of people in the United States. Is that uh, they're worn by people who are sick and don't want to spread the illness. They're not like wearing it because they're afraid that you're sick or something. Right. Yeah, because that's how an American yeah. would wear it. Right. An American will wear it out of self-interest, yeah. but people right. in less... Do like, it to not inconvenience others. Other people. Yeah. They're like, what do you feel like get me sick? Since SARS, I've, con- I've seen it mass pretty consistently in L.A. Yeah. It really, since SARS, is when mm. it feels like it's it really kind of became... I mean, like, in Japan, it's just such a regular thing. It's just right. a normal thing. It's yeah, like if you got sick, a cold, you a, strap your yeah. mask on, and then yeah. you don't have to worry about people being like... And there's some really cute ones too. Yeah, you can get some designer. You can get some Louis V's, baby. Oh yeah. 
little bathing ape masks, you know, yeah. do a TikTok dance video in one. Mm-hmm. Some Versace ones. <laughs> Versace. <laughs> one of my favorite brands, Versace. Uh, yeah, anyways, there's some amazing hairstyles. It's It's got, what, 50... One, like it's basically got like fifty different uh, facial hairstyles. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to count it. <laughs> telling, you the, telling you the yeses and nos. Yeah, telling yeah. you the yeses and nos. But it, you can tell that it was a graphic designer who just, you know, got the the project got away from them, and they were having way too much fun doing. It looks this. like that match game. Thing. Yeah, it does. Like, it does. Like, it guess, does. Who? guess who? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. exactly. Uh, is it the guy with the Fu Manchu? <laughs> <laughs> Um, just some of these I, again it's almost feels like they just they, all they need to do is do one diagram and say no hair in the Homer this Simpson area yeah yeah keep your Homer Simpson area and so if there's hair there it's not good but they're getting so specific where people are like well what if I have a circle beard versus an extended goatee it's <laughs> like motherfucker <laughs> just look at the thing right, right if mask is touching hair right don't fuck it ain't gonna you happen you walk into an old school barber shop and they're like look at these pick one but what if I have lost style stubble? Yeah. yeah. What about us? Yeah. What about like like Sawyer? Stubble's not you talking good. about Sawyer level? Stubble no good? Stubble no good. Stubble you just got to stay clean shaven the whole clean time? Clean shaven, soul patch. I've always... Goat, uh, it's been a long time little, since I was clean shaven. What do you call, what do you call these things? Sideburns. sideburns. Hey, what do you want some, <laughs> hey. get some of these milk sideburns? <laughs> From Billy Madison. Uh, yeah. And mustaches, basically. Or um, you could rock the Frank the Zappa. Right. You know what I mean? You, you, can you do the John Waters mustache? Probably because it's close to the lip, right? Yeah, very close yeah, to the lip. As long as it's not coming out the sides. You know, if you're if you're going with like the Salvador Dali vibes, yeah. right. then sorry. Sorry, Salvador. Um, the handful of times that I've had like a long beard or a, like a long mustache. Oh, you look great I with feel, a beard, Jack. Oh, man. It is it's so gross, though, because I end up like sucking on it. And, oh, don't you know, do that. Clean mouth, up that patch. And, ugh, gross. Uh, and also, like, yeah, it's just food in there. I'm also a very sloppy person. It's like oh. found a chicken wing in there once. You was, did, yeah. and a chicken, <laughs> and yeah. a chicken. Oh yeah, and it was connected to the rest of a chicken. Yeah, and he was like, dude, stop pulling my wing, bro. Uh, Amazon has opened the human less grocery store. Yeah, uh, better than a human grocery store where you buy humans, but still, mm. uh, this. Feels a little bit post-apocalyptic. It's called the grab-and-go concept. Yeah. I mean, they had the other one. Like, they had that um, convenience store yeah. in a few right. places. Uh, like where it's, on like, all monitored by cameras, right? So it's basically that same exact vibe where, like... Do you sign in when you walk in, You walk so they in, know you. scan your QR code yep. from your Amazon, Amazon tattoo that's on your, the base of your skull. <laughs> uh-huh. When they walk in, they uh-huh. scan you in. Uh-huh. Um, and then from there, like, what's... They, so, you know, same thing. Tracks your movements. Knows when you pick stuff up. Immediately starts calculating it. Once you walk out, boom! It's it it, it just charges you. Um, they do have some people there, obviously, like stock the shelves and like answer any questions. Um, but you know, like the, the thing is, that has more than like those convenience stores that are mostly just like snacks and shit. Right, right, this right. is like you know full on produce and all kinds of other stuff. So you know, get your meats, your beers, what have you, mm-hmm. and walk out without having to interact with a human. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. That's 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 the selling point. But it's that's the death. Yeah, that's the death of us. It's interesting. Like one of the ways, to, like most effective ways to torture a prisoner of war is like lack of human interaction. Yeah, isolation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now we're, we're just integrating it into our life. Yeah, it's like well, it's cheaper, man. If I can just pay, build these cameras I'd to rather. scan you. I still go to the yeah. bank to despo- deposit checks. 
On a, you don't use a mobile app? No, fuck no. I want to go out and talk to somebody. On a moment-by-moment mm. moment basis, it's hard for me to realize that I need human contact. Like, I think I would, like, fall into this trap very I know, that's easily. the sad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, that's why we're all, like, it's super comfortable and gives you something to do, like, just like your phone. Like, you just, like, look down at your phone uh, instead of interact with someone. But do you ever wonder that, like, at a party, you're at, like, a... You know, we usually have a lot of them around the holidays and things you know, we get invited to and stuff like that. Oh, I'm constantly at parties, bro. And you say to yourself, like, I'll just get up, you know, I'll get up my phone. I don't know anybody here yet or the people I do know haven't shut up. And then I think to myself, if this was 1994, mm-hmm. right. what would I do? What would I do right now? I guess I'd either stand here quietly and then maybe I'd end up talking to someone or I would just go talk to someone. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, I've tr- I'll try to do that sometimes yeah. because you, you can just run away into your screen. Oh, it's so And then easy. you're unapproachable. Yeah, of course. Right. I think it's I've I've really tried to like do that less because I realize how easy it is to avoid even like thinking mm-hmm. uh, yeah. by just going to your phone immediately and being like, you know what? Like, if I'm waiting for something, or if like sure. I'm in a line, it's so easy. Like, oh fuck it, let me right. open something up and read something, whatever. Right. Versus like just having your phone in there and be like, I can I can handle ten minutes, and then just kind of look around, yeah. take shit in, yeah. maybe talk to somebody think a little bit mm-hmm. and not it, not having it be such a not that it's terrifying but a thing where it's like i'd rather not right you know what yeah. i mean i think it's 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 about trying to make that less of a reflex yeah yeah well for me stores. it's terrifying when somebody walks up to me i go oh no oh, oh no. no oh no oh no, boy no. <laughs> you're gonna love this grocery <laughs> oh, <boy. store. laughs> oh boy they're looking at me oh geez jack don't blow it <laughs> and you this say all happens this out loud yeah. 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 uh sir uh, your, your pizza's ready <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, man. Oof. That was a close one. I made it, Jack. Uh, I'm sure you're still in here and you're still talking yeah. to us. <laughs> uh, there's a pretty good thread on Reddit that I've been checking out for the past couple of days. It's basically the thread is, what is the coolest website you visited that nobody knows about? Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a couple of cool things on there. There's one that is uh temp-mail.org uh which instantly mail, gives you an unused email address you can use to do whatever you want Ooh. so you can like always have an email address at the ready to troll people i yeah, guess sure. that, for- it's <laughs> definitely like good to for uh people who make content to know that that exists so you can be like ah that's probably just a troll like made up email address <laughs> i don't know you don't it, it's so easy to generate an email address these days the other one, um, Free Sandbox. Free Sandbox Sand is Spiel, dope. S-A-N-D-S-P-I-E-L dot club. Mm-hmm. It's so simple. Like yes. MS Paint stuff. But like there's like the physics of like you can build like a wall or water and it'll just like hang. It'll grow plants. You can drop. It's like so. It, it reminds me of like how simple like early Flash games just yeah. used to be able to like take you away. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, the thread is pretty interesting. Because uh, I find myself growing a lot of weird fake flowers, and then I just want to find a site where I can play Snood. Yeah, Snood was great. Uh, there's one site uh, called Neil Dot Fun, uh, which I think is just like a single like designer who like makes these little experiences. But uh, so the, like one of the pages is called Printing Money, made by Neil Agarwal, and it. Like the dollars pass by at the rate that you make them in these various oh, wow. uh, professions. So minimum wage seven twenty five per hour. The dollars are moving very slow. Teacher sixteen per hour. 
software engineer, then you get down to Fortune 500 CEO, and it's $4,000 an hour. Uh, and it moving. just, yeah, it just moves ex- incredibly fast. Yeah, and then a good way to to not have uh, the backs, not get not caping for a billionaire when you look how fast that money moves if you just put, well, what's the hourly pay when I break that down? The right. money's flying Dude, across. Yes. Scroll down to Amazon revenue. Amazon's revenue <laughs> is Walmart's wild. revenue. Holy shit. Yeah. It reminds me of like those old like uh, like Disney or like Looney Tunes cartoons where like there would be a factory line. It's like, pop, pop, pop. Yeah, just yeah, like it's yeah, flying yeah, by. Yeah, yeah. Like, Dude, we that can't turn it really off. Good. Yeah. And I, I always have that song in my head, man. U.S. military spending, $84 million an hour. Walmart revenue. Yeah, so revenue, Walmart is actually one of the biggest. I, I think it is the biggest company in the world just in terms of the revenue it drives. It's just grocery stores and chain stores like that have high overhead. $514 billion in 2019. Yeah, the revenue is insane. Um, A half trillion fucking dollars. Eight, yeah. Anyways. You know what Costco did? $152 billion. Oh really? Amazon did two hundred thirty-two. Like, what are the Waltons doing? Oh, I don't know, man. They're they're hoarding their money. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah. then and then again, like, go kill some poor John boy. Yeah, okay. or just being like, you know, John also un- underpay the <laughs> underpay our workers too, and then the, the government can figure out like fill in the gaps for the rest. But also, we're not interested in you know, yeah. our part in that equation. I know. There's also a web page that tells you how. Like all the different things that have happened since your birth date. Ooh. Uh, so, here, let's do yours, Dan. Okay. What What's your birth date? That's all right. Cool. A lot has happened in the <laughs> days since you were born. Well, that's just cool. Now I know the days. Yeah. Uh, one trillion six hundred and twenty-three million <laughs> times your heart has pumped. Well, except for the time I met the love of my life. Stop. <laughs> he <laughs> still. It, stopped. it was really bad, actually. Then, uh, You've taken 289 million breaths. Wow. Uh, blinked 312 million times. You've spent 4,816 days of your life asleep. There have been 3 trillion people, 3.2 trillion people born. There's 21 more percent more CO2 in the atmosphere. Uh, and because of inflation, uh, what you used to be able to buy with a dollar when you were born is now $3.12 today. Wow. Uh, and then it keeps on what's going. The, what's that site called? That's, Neil this is all Neil.fun. N-E-A-L dot F-U-N slash life hyphen stats. I'd love to find a site where I just look at mid-century modern furniture. Yeah. That's it's called Pinterest? No. Yeah, you can look at a lot of mid-century on there. I always get what do you there? You want a Corbusier Barcelona chair? What is, what is they always there? jerk me around on Pinterest. Papa chair, dude. Oh, you know okay. what a Papa Bear chair is? No. You get one of those with the matching ottoman? I'm on a mission in my life to someday oh, have sure, a Papa sure. Bear chair. They're the best. You really look like that tell, one, huh? Look at that. No, you don't want to go climb chair. into a conversation den with one of those? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a big whore for the Eames lounge chair with the ottoman. The Eames yeah. is great. Eames is great. Look at that Papa Bear chair. Look at it. Damn, that shit. That's what's funny when you look at these chairs. Like, it's prices like $6,000 chair. That's the <laughs> real one. I have a pair of real mid century chairs that were in a doctor's office from the 50s. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, they're actually in Illinois. I need to get them out to LA. But uh, we had them in our family. Like, nobody 
Yeah, it's weird, about what especially they like in the eighties, people really didn't give a fuck because everyone right. was like into like cocaine furniture. Basically, right. <laughs> is there a mirror on this? Where do yeah. I do coke? It's like exactly like yeah. is there a hidden coke slot in here? Right. But like I remember my dad would go places and he would look for like in, like old injection molded Eames chairs and stuff. Like he would just be somewhere and like flip the chair over to see like the injection mold imprint. Yeah. yeah. And if it said Eames, he'd be like, "You selling this?" And they're like, "Ah, oh, it's like from whenever." He's like, "He's like, I'm okay. Can I take them?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Yeah. And he was like hoarding. This is them. great furniture. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I want to pop a bear chair. Well, um, we should put a. We'll put a fund together. We'll share it. <laughs> share custody of the pop a bear chair. I'm down. <laughs> well, Daniel, it's been a pleasure having you as always. Where can people find you, follow you, experience you? Well, I will start out by saying that uh, every member of the Zeit Gang that I've ever met has been phenomenal. So kudos to you guys for creating. Uh, a great place for people to hang and talk about what's going on. I say that because so many people come up to me, and I love when they do. So if you're going to be one, don't don't stop the fun. Uh, they come up to me and talk to me after shows. Uh, so I love meeting people who listen to the show. Thank you to you guys for hey. for providing this outlet. Thanks. Man. Uh, the opportunities to come do that are April 11th, uh, 13th, and 14th. I will be headlining Caps. I'm sorry, March 11th, 13th, and 14th. I am headlining Cap City Comedy Club that weekend. There's also fun events going on for the film part portion of South by Southwest, which is why there's a weird break up there. But uh, you can come see me. And then on the, I think it's 19th, 20th, and 21st, we are touring Dumb People Town, my podcast that I do with the Sklar Brothers. Hey. And you can uh, see us in Minneapolis, St. Louis, and Milwaukee. And then in April, I will be back in Chicago doing a live Pen Pals with Rory Scovel and a stand-up show at the Lincoln Lodge on the 18th of April. Go to Daniel Van Kirk for all that stuff. And if you are hearing me because of what's right now, Mm -hmm. uh, say hi after the show. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't bite. Mm -mm. Unless you ask. Hard. (laughs) Was that Austin Powers? Yes, I think so. I don't hard. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what a great a generation of terrible dad jokes. Uh, and is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Yes, you know what it was? It came through via me. Is that okay? Um, a woman reached out and said, I know this is a long shot. She just threw this up into Twitter. She said, I know this is a long shot. Is there anybody in Rochelle, Illinois, that could help a World War II veteran set up his television? And so somebody saw that and said, I know a comic from Rochelle, Illinois. I bet he would help. And so then I said, I guarantee I can get this done. And through the joy of my family members and the internet, uh, we went over to a 98-year-old World War II veteran's house and got his TV TV hooked up so that he could start watching Westerns again. And it all came about through Twitter and social media. If you scroll back through my feed, you'll be able to see pictures of Bert and uh, me trying to get someone to help him. And it all worked out. That's amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, Miles, where can people find you? Twitter, Instagram, at Miles of Gray, and on my other podcast with Sophia Alexandra, 420 Day Fiance, because a new season of 90 Day Fiance just started, so <laughs> get our takes on that. Mm. Um, some tweets that I like. You've been speechless lately after some of those. Uh... Oh, 100%. 100%. A uh, couple. Joey Clift, past guest at Joey Tainman. Love Joey. I received three Bloomberg mailers in the mail yesterday, and if this tweet gets 1,000 likes, I will eat them. He got 1.3,000, 1,300 likes on that. He did? So he is going to be preparing them, uh, and he will be eating them, and it will be a video. 
Joey. Uh, Joey and I were on a UCB team together. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Dope. Uh, another one is from uh, Yodoya Travis, Professor Doye. Uh, on Twitter, he says, The worst thing that has ever happened to me is once some friends were riffing outside a comedy club and I joined in, and Eric Andre stopped the whole riff and said, What was that? Is that a thing people say? And he expected an answer. <laughs> Wait, about something they had said? That Yadoya yeah. had said. And like, like in their crew, and he's just been, I don't know. That would shook, shake anyone to their core. Uh, another one from Dana Donnelly at Dana Donnelly. Uh, rule with all my white boyfriends is for every white guy movie we watch, Fight Club, Godfather, Stepmom, Porn, we have to watch the only movie I feel represented in, Lilo and Stitch, five times. <laughs> uh, Colin Crawford, hello Colin, tweeted, if you ask me, Romeo and Juliet should be called Two Dipshits. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, oh, no. where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on Miles. What's that going to be? All right, let's do. Uh, I've been on a Steve Lacey kick since uh, we played that track with him in Thundercat. Uh, this is from his album that came out last year, Apollo 21. Uh, and this track's called Playground. Again, his music is like so. I don't know, his music and his production is very joyful. They have, you know, they've got that, that dimension to it. And this track, Playground, is just like, I don't know, I see myself playing on a playground with stars in my eyes. And it's not because of the drugs, it's because I'm having a good time. Mm. Speaking of Apollo 21, Creed 3 is uh, coming out. Yeah, it's in the works. It's in the works. Uh, well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for this morning. We will be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Oh, you